I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our lesson today is from the Gospel of John. Please stand as you are able. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who's the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So, the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. want to thank all of those who helped transform this church 
as we continue to prepare spiritually for the coming of Jesus Christ, the coming of Christmas. One of those new additions to our preparation for Christmas is our Chrismon tree. And I've had many uh, comments about what in the world is a Chrismon. Well, a Chrismon is an ornament placed on a tree, usually in a Christian setting, obviously, because they are symbols of Christ. And a word Chrismon, what came to us in 1957, uh, the woman simply took the Christ monogram and condensed it into a Chrismon. But basically, that is a fancy word for symbols of Jesus Christ. Symbols that we understand about Christ through Scripture. And we're using some of those to highlight what we talk about during Advent this year. The um, Chrismons themselves, you will have an opportunity to see all of those next uh, week. I'm going to have a list of all of those different ones that are on the tree so that you can... Uh, see them and understand what they are. You actually have some that you see year-round when we worship here and have Holy Communion on our kneeling pads up here, the kneeling bench. There are symbols of Jesus Christ on there. The word Chrismon is used during Christmas, obviously, because the symbols are placed on a Christmas tree. But, They are symbols of Jesus Christ year around. They give us clues into who Jesus Christ is for us. Today we're going to talk about the triangle. The picture that's up there is a picture of the chrismon that was made to hang on this tree. There are several triangles up there. And a triangle is one of those symbols that whether you know it or not... It is a symbol that we are very familiar with in the life of the church. Now, early on, even before Christianity, the triangle, if I can make one here, there are two triangles superimposed as a six-pointed star. And the triangles that create the six-pointed star, you might recognize as being the star of David. Christians, though, often call a six-pointed star the Creator's star. Can you guess why? Think about it. Six points? Yeah, six days of creation. You got it! (laughs) Yeah, the six-pointed star, six days of creation. There are others that point to the six-pointed star, these two triangles, to actually point out the six attributes of God, power, wisdom, majesty, love, justice, and mercy. The six attributes that we give, that we experience from our God. And when we talk about the triangle in Christianity, we've given that a name, we talk about that as the symbol for the Trinity. And there are other symbols. There can be three interlocked circles, any combination of triangle and circles and can come together to create this symbol for the Trinity. 
Now, the Trinity is not a word that you'll find in Scripture. The Trinity represents Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Each point of the triangle, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creates the one whole of the triangle. And so we have this Trinity. That is a term that began to be used a concept that began to be used within the church 170 years after Christ's resurrection. But it's a concept that's biblical. It has been around all the time. We hear in our scripture this morning that the Word was with God and the Word was God. When? In the beginning. And so we have this understanding of the presence of God as a trinity. A three in one, so to speak. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But this trinity, also we have uh, an understanding of what God does for us. How we can relate to God. And we can relate to God in those three different ways. God the creator. Sometimes it's understood as creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being the sustainer who is with us now. We also use the concept of the Trinity In our statement of faith, our statement of belief, the Apostles' Creed is one that we use in the church. It's the one that we repeat often. Many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with it. And we're going to share that today. It'll be up on your screen. It's not in your bulletin. Hopefully it'll be up on the screen. (laughs) There we go. The Apostles' Creed. And I'm going to invite you to say the Apostles' Creed with me. But listen for the Trinity in it. Let us share together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our statement of faith, it's not just United Methodists. The statement of faith was created sometime around 700 years after the resurrection because Christians needed a way to understand consistently what we believed about our God. And this is how we came to understand it in our statement of the Apostles' Creed is one. If you look in your hymnal, if you ever want to refer to that, 
The Apostles' Creed, our traditional one that we shared, is in 881. 882 is the ecumenical. It's a much more uh, broader uh, interpretation of the Apostles' Creed. Also on 880 is the Nicene Creed, a longer creed. Basically, we don't use that in worship. It states the very same thing pretty much, but it's wordier. And so we use the more condensed version of the Apostles' Creed, which came first. So the Trinity is very much a part of who we are as Protestant Christians, understanding our God. But what in the world does all of that have to do with Christmas? And the birth of Jesus Christ. Let me share a story with you. A mother and her young son prayed every night in front of a picture of his father who was in soldier uniform. He had been gone for four years serving in the military. And they prayed that he would be safe and would come home soon and that went on and on and on and finally one night the little boy in just exasperation and being an impatient little boy said I wish daddy would just step out of the picture so I could hold him in a way God stepped out into our lives at Christmas. God stepped forward into our lives. And John talks about this. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word that was a part of creation stepped out so that he could be a part of who we are, where we are. Because we have this God with us, Jesus Christ born to us as the babe of Bethlehem, we need to be reminded, and that's what the triangle does for us, the Trinity does for us, it reminds us, that just because Jesus came and lived among us, it did not mean that he was not God. Because you see, God is every much, as much Father, as much Son, as much Holy Spirit as the others, to be one God. Jesus was no less God when he was born a tiny baby on Christmas morning, he simply was now God and human. He added human. He was God in the flesh among us. And now the love of God was beating in a human heart. The mercy of God was reaching out in human hands. The wisdom of God was spoken from human lips. Another child at night during a particularly violent storm 
hollered from the bedroom, Daddy, I'm scared, not wanting to get out of bed. Dad hollered back, God loves you, God's with you, you're okay. Another big crack of thunder, Daddy, I am scared. Obviously, this one had been taught not to get out of bed, right? (laughs) Mine were not so much that way. Dad hollered back, God loves you, God's with you, don't be scared. And the answer coming back is, I need somebody with skin on. (laughs) God knew that about us. We needed God with skin on. And so God came to us as a tiny baby. In the scripture from John, we learn some very important things about us. One, that God became human. That God was here among us. God wanted to be with us, wanted to be intimate with us. God lived with us. I love the translation in this section that comes from the message. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God wanted to be intimate with us day in and day out. God wanted to know us, to be with us, and still does. God has moved into the neighborhood. We also learn about grace. Jesus was born into an oppressive situation. The people were dominated, oppressed, impoverished. He came to a people, a place and a people that was broken. And he himself would be broken eventually. He came saying, you are worth everything to me. God was telling us in all of our brokenness, in all of our self-doubt, in all that we experience that is not the good parts of life, that he understands. This triune God understands that. Embodied grace. Saying, You are worth everything. You are worth so much that I will even die for you. That's what our triune God says in the birth of a baby in a broken world. Brokenness was overcome by the broken. 
So we have this wonderful image of Jesus Christ coming to us, offering and embodying the grace of God. In a town, a city in Indiana, there were two. She was only 17. He was 18 when they met. And they began to date, and it was no surprise that after they graduated, they married. After four years of marriage, the young woman found herself in a kitchen surrounded by a sink full of dirty dishes, two young children at her feet. The waste paper basket overflowed with dirty diapers, and dirty clothes were piled in every corner. And she just stood there and wept. And she just snapped. And she left. And the young husband, very confused and frightened, was so concerned and and his his feelings of being very angry with her and very concerned about her all came together when she, was, she called home to check and see how they were doing. And she asked about the children and he said, well, if you want to know about the children, they are bathed and they've been fed and they are now in bed, but they, just like me, want to know where you are and what you're doing. Why you won't come home? Well, the phone calls continued. She called like that for three months, every week, to check in and make sure they were okay. Finally, the young father said, well, the The children are staying with their grandparents during the day and they're loved and cared for. But we love you so very much. All we want is for you to come home. Where are you? And whenever the conversation turned to trying to discover where she was, she would hang up. The phone line disconnected. And so he couldn't take it any longer. And so the young man finally took their savings and hired a detective to figure out where she was, a private detective. And the private detective discovered that she had left Indiana and was in Des Moines, Iowa. And so he borrowed money from the in-laws, got a plane ticket, and flew out to Des Moines, Iowa, to where she was staying in a very cheap hotel. And he went to the room, and all the emotions were there, but mostly just fear. He He was afraid of what he was going to find, and if you were there, you could see the perspiration on his forehead, and you could see his hands were shaking both from anger and from fear. And he knocked on the door. And when she answered the door, his prepared speech that he thought about the entire flight there, 
went out the window and he simply said, we love you so much. Will you please come home? And she crumbled into his arms and went home with him. A few weeks later, they were alone in the living room, kind of cuddling on the couch. The, the children were in bed, and he had, was going to ask the question that he was so afraid to ask all this time. And he said, finally, why? Why did you leave? Why did you come home? I told you I loved you so many times over the phone that the kids loved you, that we wanted you to come home. Without a whole lot of thought, she said, before, those were just words. Finally, you came. Christmas is a celebration. Jesus came. The Trinity reminds us that God came to us to show us the love and the grace and the mercy and the peace and the joy that only comes from knowing God. He didn't stay distant from us. He came to show us just how much He loves us. He showed up in the flesh. This is what we celebrate in Holy Communion. This gift of the triune God. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit loving us so much that He came. 